This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. We are still on the mountains in the Bible. We don't have that many more to go, but we're going to be talking a little bit today about the Mount of Olives. And each time I've studied each one of these mountains, I've, I've, it's been a tremendous amount of information on all of them that I really didn't know. And uh, so it's been a real good study for me. But uh, a question this morning, if you knew you were going to die a horrific death, say, for instance, you absolutely knew that you were going to burn up in a fire. You knew the day. You knew the time. You knew the place. And you knew your hour was coming and you had 30 minutes and you knew there was no way. I mean, if you had the foreknowledge to know that and you were sitting there praying, Lord, if it's any way that it could ha not happen, but you knew, you knew it was going to happen. How do you think that would actually feel that you knew that you, it was there? that you were going to just burn up in a fire or you were going to just fall from a building or you were just going to be in a plane crash, whatever manner of death it was. And when you, when you start looking at the death of Christ, him knowing the horrific, horrific beating and tragedy, tragic death that he was going to suffer for mankind, and he knew that he could stop it, but he, it wasn't God's will. I can't imagine what, how he felt when he was in the, just in the garden praying, knowing that his hour had come. He had spent his life, and now, now he's there. The hour had come. We'll talk a little bit about that today, but, uh, anyway, we're gonna, the Mount of Olives, is one of the most fascinating places in the scripture. It's where tragedy and horror collide with hope. And it's there where Jesus prayed right before his betrayal of the, in the crucifixion. It was there he ascended into heaven after he had rose from the dead, and it's there where he's coming back. So we'll start. Let's go to, uh, I'm going to read three different areas of it. First of all, we'll start with in Luke chapter 29, and we'll go to a couple of places there. But the Mount of Olives is a mountain range. It's made up of three different little peaks, one of them big peaks, and it's on the east border of the Jerusalem city. The highest peak is 2,684 feet. On the east side of the mountain range is the Judean Desert, and it separates the Temple Mount, which is Moriah. In the, the name, the Mount of Olives, I mean, this is just information. It might be useless information to some, but it's just important. It, it, I just got to look in that. Where did it come from? Where did the name come from? Where did Gethsemane come from? What does it mean? But the name Mount of Olives got its name because it was once lined the whole hillside with a bunch of olive groves. To this day, there's an olive tree there that's over 2,000 years old, still there. That's where Jesus prayed under the covering of the olive trees 
in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane is at the foot of the Mount of Olives, but it's still on the Mount of Olives range. It's located on the Mount, before, and, and uh, Gethsemane got its name. The Aramaic, Aram, Aramaic name is Gadsmani. G-A-D-S-M-A-N-E, Gadsmani. And it means oil press. The Hebrew name, let me find it. The he, let's see, the Hebrew name. Let me find it. Is Gatshimani. And it means oil press. It was there, there was an oil press on it that pressed olives. The, the olive oil was used to anoint kings in Israel. So the Gethsemane means oil press. And that's, they got, and it's on the Mount of Olives, and that's where they used the olives and pressed the oil to anoint kings. And, uh, so that's just a little bit of information on it, but Gethsemane got its name from oil press, meaning oil press. Okay, well, we, let's go to Luke chapter 22. I'm going to do a, read a couple of different, ver- uh, happenings on, uh, I might get get a chance to get to the Old Testament, but in Second Samuel, Absalom got a band of men together going to try to overthrow David as king. And uh, when he saw that he was he was going to lose, he fled and went to the Mount of Olives, and he went up to the top and prayed. But that's a different story there. But that that's the Mount of Olives was, is ancient. It's just always been uh, is in the history of uh, Israel. But Luke, let's read a couple of different places. We're going to go to Luke 22 first. Twenty-two. My pages stick together. Okay, each one of these accounts account for the for uh, the prediction of Peter's denial of Christ. But in chapter twenty-two, verse uh, let's go with verse thirty-one first. Twenty-two, thirty-one, and the Lord said to Simon, "This is Simon Peter, that Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee." That thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Okay, after that occasion there, let's go to verse 39. And when he they came out, this is after the Passover. Speaking of Passover, we're coming up on uh, Passover and Easter. I'm going to teach a real strong lesson on, you won't want to miss that. I, a, a, a couple of years back, I went over every single feast and every single uh, uh holy convocation that, that the God had set up every one of his feast days. I'm going to start another time of that this year coming up. Every single time there's a Jewish holiday or a Jewish feast, I'm going to cover a lesson on that. But you won't want to miss the one on Passover because it's, it's, it's tremendous. But this is right after the last Passover that Jesus shared with his uh, disciples. And they came out, and he came out, verse 39, and went out as he want. That means as he often did. 
Jesus often, often, often went to the Mount of Olives to pray, to be alone, to have alone time with God and talk. And uh, so he came out and went as he went to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray ye, pray that ye enter not into temptation. He taught them how to pray that earlier in the Lord, in the, the you know, what the, some people call the Lord's Prayer, but that was teaching us how to pray. Lead us not into temptation. He all, Jesus always said, look, just pray that you're not led into temptation. The way you lead into temptation, the way you do not lead into temptation is keep your mind and focus on Him. Have a place where you can go. Have a place where you can separate yourself. Have a, a, a sacred place where you can just go and talk with God. When you're talking with God, you're not going to be into temptation. Satan will try, but you're in communion. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou wilt remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. Now, he, he, we'll get into a different account of this here in just a minute. But he knows... He's at the time and the point and the place where he's going to face horrific pain, horrific torture, horrific humiliation. I mean, I, it's just the more I, I, I study about the crucifixion and, and, and he's, the pastor's going to be talking a series on the sayings from the cross, but just leading up to him hanging there naked in front of the entire world Bleeding to death for me. I mean, it's just. But as, from a human's perspective, I'm, sometimes I'm like Nicodemus. How can these things be? I mean, I can't imagine from my human, human to expect to, to picture, because he was a man. He was all man, but he was all God and all. I mean, but to, I mean, who, in, who, who could do that? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I don't know. If, it would take a whole lot for me to die for you, brother. I'm telling you. It would take a whole lot for me to die for you. I might die for my wife. I might die for my wife. I'm not just kidding. I mean, I would lay down my wife for my family. I would lay down my life for my brother. But for somebody to just, to, to that hatefully despise me, I would, I, I would pass judgment on that. I wouldn't die for nobody that just totally spit on me. Okay, and that, here's, here's and this is interesting part of this right here, verse 42, saying, Father, if thou wilt remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not where I will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. That's not found in the other Gospels. I mean, it may be, I'm, I'm just saying that I've just, this is just a part of it that I hadn't seen. There's a part of that in Gen, you can write this down, Genesis 3.19 and Ezekiel 44.18. But anyway, and being in great agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it was great drops of blood falling to the ground. Now that's, that's some hard agony. And that's what I brought my point out about if you knew you were going to die a horrific death. The hour was right there, and you knew, hey, it was going to be. This going to be. This going to be. This is going to be really bad. I mean, now you can imagine how how the, the Lord Jesus was dying for the, the entire sins of the entire world, 
how much agony somebody would be in to sweat drops of blood. That's uh, it's just incredible. And when he rose up from prayer, he was come to his disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. He said to them, why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest you enter temptation. He's telling them again, look, you're slumbering. Look, this is not the time to slumber. Satan's going to come and sift you as wheat. While he was yet spaking, this is when Judas betrayed him. Okay, we're going to come back to those accounts. But that was one of the, the horrific things of the Mount of Olives. The Garden of Gethsemane. Now let's look at one of the good things. Acts chapter 1. We're going to flip back and forth to the agony and to the, to the hope. Acts chapter 1, verse 10. Let me see. Verse, verse 8. This is Jesus getting ready to get the sin back up into heaven. But ye shall receive power. This is Acts 1 8. Ye shall receive power after the whole, that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses both in, unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had thus spoken these things, while they were beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come again in like manner as you have seen him go. So they returned unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, Mount called Olivet. Now that's showing you that that's where this place, that's where he ascended. He ascended up on the Mount of Olives, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Okay, so there's, there's a whole lot that happened on the Mount of Olives. I've got these things. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 26. It's another account. Okay, Matthew chapter 26. This will be... Uh, Let's go to verse 30. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And then said Jesus unto them, All of you shall be offended because of me this night. Now why is that? Why would that? Why would, you know, here they had seen him do all of these miracles, had been with him all this time. And now the night, the day, the hour, that he is going to be crucified, they'll be offended by it. That doesn't mean their feelings hurt. That means they're going to be, I don't know the man. No, 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 no. I don't, uh, you know, who are you talking about? And it's following afar off. Then said Jesus unto them, All of you shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. And Peter answered and said unto him, Now we've all said this. Lord, you get me out of this jam, it'll never happen again. 
but it happens again. Lord, you do, you, Lord, you do this for me and I'll do this, but we don't. None of, we're, 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 we're all human. Then answered Peter, this is verse 33. Peter answered and said unto him, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I not be, never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto you, this night, before the cock crows, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise said all the disciples, not just Peter, but he focused on Peter. Verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. Now this is at the foot of Mount of Olives. It's on the Mount of Olives. And... uh and said to the disciples, sit ye here while I go yonder and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he said to them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't, I can't, I don't know because I don't know how, I don't know the mind of Christ. We know Christ, but we, I don't believe he was sitting there saying, look, I don't really want to do this. Yeah, but if that's what you want, then I'll do it. You know, sometimes we, we, we react in our own lives out of reluctance. Hey, if that's what you want, let's do it. You know, sometimes that's not what, that's not what Jesus was doing. Jesus knew he had to die. He, he came to die. And so he's saying, look, I know this is your will. If it was any way possible, if it was any other possible solution for the souls of men, if it was anything, anything else, God, if it was anything possible other than me dying, you know, but I understand your will is for me to die. Okay. This is, uh, let's go back to that. Verse 39. Then went a little further and fell on the face and prayed, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He, that's exactly what he was saying. He's saying, this, I know it's no other way. I know it's absolutely no other way. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And, it, and he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, focusing on him again, what, could you not watch with me just one hour? Just one hour? That's all. That's all I ask. Just one hour. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away the second time. And prayed, saying, Oh my father, if this cup may not, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, and their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he cometh to the disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now, take your rest. Just go ahead and sleep. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. This is right as Judas comes into the garden there and betrays him. Now let's read one more account of this. 
This is in Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. And we are in, let's start with verse 26. Pretty much the same account. And when they had sung a new sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said, and he and Jesus said unto them, All of you shall be offended because of me this night. All of them. Every single one of them. That's a, that's remarkable in itself. You know, were they was it fear? Was it what was it that was what did, did Jesus knew it, but but he, and he knows us. And see, there's a difference in church membership to being to serving in ministry and attending in ministry. When you when you when when someone decides to serve, that takes commitment. That's a commitment. I mean, that 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 means that means to 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 be somebody that just attends church. You can get up and not feel good and just it don't matter if you come or not. If for somebody that just attends, yeah, we're going to the lake this weekend. Yeah, we're going here this weekend. Yeah, we're, yeah, you know, you know, and, and, and week goes by, two weeks goes by through Wednesday night. No, I ain't going on Wednesday night. You know, I don't, I don't feel good. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a difference. But when you, when you, have, when you're serving in ministry, it don't matter how you feel. It don't matter what you feel like. It don't matter what's, when you serve, you are committed to the cause. And your position is here, and, it, and it's a commitment, and, and, it, and it's a have to be. It's not somebody that says, you know what, and it's, it comes down from the janitor to cleaning up the parking lot to, put, to cutting the grass, whatever it is, when somebody is committed and, the, and, and serving in ministry, it's a major difference. I mean, even the, the security team, is, it's a commitment. And it's, you know, we understand sickness and we understand, you know, family illness and we understand everybody needs vacation and time off. But to just sit there and say, I just don't feel like going, so I'm not going. Then that's that's just, you know, that's just what 80% of the ministry is. You got 20% that serve, 80% that attend. And uh, it's a whole different ballgame for a commitment. It really is. But okay. So that came off of where we are with being somebody being offended. It doesn't mean my feelings are hurt. It means like, oh, boy, I've had a long week. I think I'm going to just sleep in today. That's offended. That's, that's you know, that's, well, oh, let me go here. Just Mark chapter 14. Verse 26, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus said to them, and ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But I, after that I am risen, I will go before you in Galilee. And Peter, here he goes, here it is again. And Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended, yet will I not. Yet will not I. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, that this day, even this night, before the cock crows twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. That means you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows twice. But he spake more vehemently, 
If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any ways, anyways. Likewise, they all said, likewise also said they all. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said unto his disciples, sit here while I pray. Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and begin to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And he said unto them, My soul exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry you here and just watch. And he went a little farther, fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, but we all know that it was not possible, that this was God's divine plan of salvation. But if it was all possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible with thee. Take away this cup from me, nevertheless, not what I will, but thou will. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest thou not watch for one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And the spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again they went away and prayed and spake these words. And he returned and found them sleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither was they what they, neither wist they what to answer him. They didn't know what to say. He woke up. They didn't know what to say. Man, you won't go on twenty minutes, and I'm fell asleep. You know, they weren't feeling the day of death. I guarantee you that if that if they knew that it was their hour that was coming, they wouldn't be sitting there sleeping. They would be saying, oh, Lord, how can I get out of this? How can I get out? Yeah, their whole attitude would be different. They wouldn't have think, be thinking about sleep. They didn't understand what Jesus was really going through at this point of time in his life. And it cometh the third time, verse 41, and saith unto them, sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. This is when Judas betrays him. Okay. Now we are, so what this teaches us here is even though we have human sufferings in our own life, trust God. He's got it. It's His will. If we are Christians and we have put every, our faith and trust in Him and we're out in this world, whatever happens, He's allowed it to happen. And if we have to suffer behind it, if we have to have this go wrong, that go wrong, this go wrong. He has allowed it. And now, but I'm not talking about self-manufactured trouble. I'm not talking about me going out here and, and, and here's the difference. I go out here and I take a match and I light this woods on fire. And I said to oh, Lord Jesus, you got to put this fire out. I know you can do it. You're the miracle worker. And I started the fire and, and intentionally and then want to trust God to put it out, he ain't, he's not going to do that. You know, I may even face a penalty of arson. But if all of a sudden you go out in your, your yard and something's on fire, I mean, we just had a, uh, I forget, uh, Brother Jerry, he came out and came home one day and he, the wire had come up and it was uh, and almost burned his house down through the cable television, I believe it was. And God looked out for him. You know, he, he came home from church. And I'm not saying that every single thing that's going to go wrong in our life, that there's going to be intervention. 
But God allows certain things to happen in our life for a reason and for a purpose. And if we are faithful and trust in him, we need to, to just let it go and let God have it. In our human sufferings, how we want life to be and what it actually is is completely different. And uh, let me get, move on here. Another thing on the... Uh, okay, we've, we covered the... Prior to the Last Supper, Passover, they go to the Mount of Olives, the, right prior to the crucifixion, right in, the, the, in, in that. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4. Zechariah chapter. This is his promise of return. Now see, here we, we've got several things here. We've got you know, the, 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 the Mount of Olives, and, and we should have a Mount of Olives in our own life, a place of prayer, a place of hope, a place of redemption for, for obedience in, 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 in our Christian lives, and a place of victory. Here's the victory part on the Mount of Olives. Behold, the day of the Lord shall cometh, and thy spoil shall be in the midst. I will gather all nations against the I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city shall be taken and the houses rifled and the women ravished and the half of the city shall be go forth into captivity and the residue of the people shall not be cut off. The Lord shall go forth and fight amongst those nations when he, as when he fought in the day of battle and his feet shall stand that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a great valley and a half of the mountain shall be removed to the north and half to the south. And ye shall flee in the valley of the mountains and the valley of the mountains shall reach Azeel. But the, the point being that prior to his crucifixion, the prayer before his death, Mount of Olives. After he rose from the dead and he ascended up into heaven, the Mount of Olives. When he comes back, he's coming back. His feet are going to touch the Mount of Olives. So the Mount of Olives is one of the most sacred places in the whole Bible. And uh, let's see. Let's go to one more place here. I'm, and we'll cover another thing that happened on the, on the, in Matthew chapter 24. Hang on here, my Bible's falling apart. Matthew chapter 24. One more thing that happened on the Mount of Olives. Actually, a couple more things. I might have time to hit the Old Testament story. This is called the Olivet, Olivet Discourse. The Olivet Discourse. And Jesus, this is 24.1, and Jesus went out and departed from his from the temple and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings in the temple. And Jesus said unto him, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left one here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately and said, Tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be a sign of thy coming and the end of the world. Now, this should give us all hope. Let me tell you, we are so close to the end of time 
right now that it's just, it's just, it's hard to fathom how it can get worse in this world. How can it get worse? I mean, if, if it's true what this Bible says, that God loves us more than we love our own children, that He knows it all. I mean, would you want your children to go through some of the things we as Christians go through now? God does not want to. I mean, it's getting so hard for a Christian to live a Christian life. The temptations, the things that are thrown at us, the things that are that are put in front of us. It's, it's hard for me. I, it's hard for me to, take, to, to, to live this life. It's, it's not an easy thing. I mean, I, here it's easy. I can come in here and shake hands and smile, but when I get out that door, it's a battleground for me. I mean, I fight it tooth and nail every single day of my life just to maintain a testimony. But here's some things that are covered right here to, to, to understand how close we actually are. The Lord is not going to tolerate, I mean, He may pass judgment and the whole world collapse before the rapture. I'm saying, but one way or the other, judgment is coming, folks. It's, it, it has to. It, it has to come. This is part of the Livet Court discourse. Verse four. And Jesus answered and said, they're asking him, when is all the stuff you're talking about going to happen? When is the end of the world? We're sick of this mess. They were sick of it then. Look at us. That's what she said. Look. Pray that Jesus comes. We all should be looking to the hope, looking for the hope, looking for him, praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. This is what they were praying right then. Send the Messiah. And Jesus answered them and said, take heed that no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall have wars, rumors of wars. And see ye not, and see ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, for the end is not yet. Well, we've seen them come to pass. How can you not be troubled? I mean, how can we not be troubled? That's, that's, nation shall rise against nation. Is that happening? Look all over the world, folks. Look at it. Look at it. Nation against nation against nation. That's all you hear. Kingdom against kingdom. There should be famines and pestilences. That's, that's sickness. That's, Plagues, famines, people, there's, there's hunger all, I don't, I don't know how all these illegal immigrants are getting fed. You're talking about thousands and thousands and somebody's feeding them. Who's doing it? Earthquakes in different places, diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. They shall deliver you up and be afflicted and shall kill you and shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. This world hates Christianity. This world hates preachers. This world hates church. This world hates goodness. This hate world hates morality. It's, it's how, and, and people are being killed for the name of Christ. I mean, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, they, they were just cutting heads off of people over there, overseas. Verse 10, and many, shall be offended and shall betray one another. You know anybody that's been betrayed and shall hate one another. Is there any hate in this world? How much? Look at the hate. Just the hatred. I mean, just, just pure hatred. I mean, it's, and it's not, and it's all over the world. It's a worldwide plague. And 
many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But ye, he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations. Then shall the end come. Let me tell you something. In the last 50 years, this United States has sent missionaries all over the world. And the world, the world has been reached with the gospel. It has. The gospel has been preached worldwide. All these things, the, the stage is set. The pastor just finished this, a series on the, the, the uh, prophecy series. But let me tell you, we are so close to the end. Why would we want to just sit there and waste another day just keeping ourselves straight? Just finding a place where we can get close to God, where we can just watch and not sleep, watch and not slumber. Just smile to somebody, just shake a hand to somebody. Because let me tell you, it, once the Lord does come, the work is over. If we were to die this afternoon, we don't know our death. It's over. It's not another thing you can do. It's not another hand you can shake. It's not another person you can smile to. It's not another person we can invite to church. It is over. And... uh where, uh, then, that's, then I'm, I'm going to skip back on to see. Let's go to uh, verse 27 of chapter 24. For as the lightning cometh out of east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now this is talking about the revelation, not the rapture. This is not talking about us being raptured up. This is when, 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 this is when Jesus Christ, they were asking him, when are you going to take your throne on this earth? And immediately after the tribulation shall those, those days of the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens be shaken. Verse 20, verse 30. Then shall there appear a sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, for they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and with glory. And send, he shall send his angels with a great sound of trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now here, here's one little part right here, and then I'm going to have to finish up. Learn the parable of the fig tree. The fig tree is Israel. In 1948, they became a nation. When this branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, know that the summer is nigh. That's the talking about where we are right now. The signs are here. Well, I say to you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Okay, look at 1948. That's when Israel became a nation once again. How long is a generation? 80 years? 100 years? 120 you add 120 years to, to 1948. Okay, we are so close. This is what this says right here. This generation that sees this happen, that sees when Israel becomes a nation, 1948 is when it happened, that this generation, this generation that sees this fig tree blossom shall not pass away till all things are fulfilled. You think we're not close? According to the scripture, we are. Heaven and earth shall not pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Okay. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, not no, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. 
But as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. But that's just bringing me back that when he does come, it's going to be his foot lands on the Mount of Olives. So we've learned that the, that the Mount of Olives was a place of prayer. Where is your place of prayer? Do we have one? Do we have a place of prayer where we are alone, no cell phones, no kids hollering, no TV, no, I mean, just a place we can all just, just, just get alone and talk to God. And, uh, and so, so the house, so the Mount of Olives was a place of prayer. It's a place of hope. It's a place of redemption because of obedience. And it's a place of victory. Now, uh, it's sad that I mentioned last time, last time I taught on the Mount of Transfiguration, how so many times we can be on a mountaintop experience and have God come through and have everything working good and come down off of that mountain, immediately be tempted and fall apart just like that. And my point being, Peter, James, and John was up there and they just saw Moses who had been dead 4,000 years. The man was dead. That gave them hope. That means there is life. They saw Elijah. Elijah, who had ascended up. So you're looking at two men, looking at these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, looking and talking with Moses and Elijah. And Moses had been dead 4,000 years. And they said, oh my goodness, this is just unbelievable. They just sat there and talked to a man who'd been dead. That gives them hope. But they come right on down and then lost faith and couldn't help this man that had a lunatic child. And right away, they, they, they had so much faith. And this is how our life is. We can have so much faith at one point in time in our life when we got everything right in our lives and turn around and there's the hour of temptation. Bam. And we lose it. So anyway, that is the Mount of Olives. There's a whole lot to that that, uh, that I didn't cover because David had a big experience on the Mount of Olives. But anyway, that is one less, one more mountain we have covered. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.